welcome to SWAT Radio here on Wednesday, May 17th. I'm David Gray, along with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and we are happy that you are with us as we come to you live from Jacksonville, Florida. As always, you can give us a call during the program at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, we are as those of you who have been listening know, wrapping up a long and great study in the book of Acts, and we are on the second half of the, the final chapter of Acts, and we would welcome your comments or questions on anything that uh, has been discussed or taught. or Literally anything. Literally anything. anything right? <laughs> it, well, anything. You can even call about nothing. That's right, right yeah. Like, the show about nothing. <laughs> uh, you can, but specifically about. Sorry, the, we had to get a Seinfeld reference <laughs> Specifically about the book of Acts, but uh, certainly if you have a, a prayer request or any kind of comment or question uh, about anything that uh, we've talked about here on SWAT Radio, uh, we'd be happy to take your call. You can also email us at uh, Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. And Doug, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just uh, getting ready to go up to Pittsburgh to uh, be with my friend Leo Wisniewski. Uh, some of you may remember Leo from being on the program. Leo, uh, former NFL and Penn State standout, his brother... Um, I think it's Steve played for the Raiders for like 11 years and his son Stefan played for the Jaguars and so we had Stefan on this year Stefan got traded to Philadelphia was a backup his starter went down he came in and actually started in the Super Bowl and then got him a ring at Philadelphia it got traded to the Chiefs was a backup there the same thing happened right and uh you know he uh he got to start in a Super Bowl out there and got another ring. And so as a backup, right. he became the starter. Yes. So you never know what, what's going to happen. But now he's a pastor. And so uh, anyway, I'm going to be with Leo for him and those guys. He got a great ministry up there called Locking Arms, about men locking arms together. And um, reminds me of a great picture from – and, you know, I, I think you've been on when I've talked about this before in the movie The Gladiator – um, there's a great scene in the Colosseum where all these uh, gladiators are kind of thrust out there. And the gladiators that were prisoners were for sport. They were just pretty much the Romans came in to watch them get slaughtered, mm. which is sick, but that's what they did. Right. And in this one scene, the guy who is leading the prisoners says, if we stick together, we have a better chance. Yeah. And you see them collapse down with their shields around. And there's a few guys outside who yeah. didn't get in the group. Right. And they were all taken down, yeah, all one the guys the, outside, yeah. one by one. Yeah. But the guys in the middle were all protected. Yeah. And it's a great picture for us as men. You know, if you think you can Lone Ranger through, first mm. of all, n nobody in the kingdom was ever created to be a Lone Ranger Christian. Right. There's just no... It, it's, it does no good. So if you're listening to this and you have no accountability, you're not part of a group, uh, you need to connect with some other believers so that there's encouragement, there's accountability. If you go through the scriptures and you look whether you look in Galatians, Paul's letters to the Ephesians, Colossians, it all of them, all the letters talk about us. Mm. It talks about our, yep. we, um, well, you know, I've and I've probably talked about this before on the program, 
First of all, that's a great scene in Gladiator, and that is that is the Russell Crowe Maximus character who says, you know, we we have much better chance if we stay together. That's when he's asking, you know, who has military training and yes. all of that. And um, but it also right out of scripture, right? There, there's a reason that Peter refers to the devil as a roaring lion who roams about, who roams looking. about looking. And and I love nature shows, right? I watch them all the time, and what. What do the big cats, what prey do the big cats go after? They go after the isolated uh-huh. and the weak and the sick, right? They, they Wolves do this, right, when they hunt in packs. They try to get an animal separated from the herd. And, and a lion is the classic example of that. So I don't think it's any accident that Peter refers to the devil as a roaring lion because in, in the natural world we see that. In God's creation we see that that's the way lions hunt. They pick off isolated and weak uh animals they and it, do they and, they look for the young wildebeest man they look for those that are just roaming by yep. themselves and we get weak when we <laughs> get isolated and uh, i know i do i've experienced that and um that you know our natural tendency i think especially as men and, I, and again when i say our i really mean me <laughs> yeah the natural tendency is to isolate right yeah. and to and to to shy away from certain things. And I've said this before as well. There was a time when I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of brothers in my life. And and now I do. And, and, and I didn't, I don't know what I would do without them. Mm. And um, so good, good reminder to, to have that community in our lives and how much we need it. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that was in the news today is this idea that somebody made the statement, we need to protect people against pregnancy. And, uh, and really, uh, Al Mohler said that is the moral revolution summarized in just one sentence. We need to protect people against pregnancy. The whole idea of creation, and, and God said to his people, be fruitful and multiply. You are to recreate life, and the, the family unit is the base unit in a faith community. And you are to build into your children and to teach them the faith and pass it on to the next generation. When you start somewhere along the line, we got off course so that now even believers get swept up into this mindset. I was talking to someone the other day and they were sharing with me how their children do not want children because it's just, it's not convenient. Right. I mean, think about that. When 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 you were growing up, did that ever even enter your mind, David? No. Like when you when you were when you were young married, like the whole idea is getting married to reproduce, to build in. That is a divinely ordained and divinely commissioned, you know, um right. act of be, God. Be fruitful and multiply. The whole That's idea right. was that we would reproduce the faith community as it continues to spread the gospel around the world until he comes back. And people automatically say, well, what about the people that can't have children? Well, who's in charge of that? Yeah. I mean, God is ultimately the one who, listen, I had a cousin who tried to get pregnant years and years and years and years. She tried all the in vitro and all that stuff and she was so frustrated because none of it worked and then when she finally 
let go and just said and thought, well, it's not going to happen. She got pregnant mm. and had a child. Mm-hmm. And God was, and, and like her faith took off after that because she realized she, she had made an idol out of having a child. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people today that's made an idol out of their body. They made an idol out of not having children. And, you know, the, the whole idea of our nation, this whole idea of having sex without consequences is what this is about. It's what, it, you know, back in the, the 60s is when the pill came out. The whole sexual revolution mm-hmm. was, hey, let's have a pill so people don't get pregnant so there's no consequences. Um, and so, you know, my mind always goes back to the story of Noah and his daughters, not Noah, but, uh, yeah, Lot. Lot. Yeah. the Moabites and the Ammonites caused a lot of problems, but both of those young ladies got pregnant. They got pregnant on purpose today. You know, they would have just taken, you know, they wanted it to happen, but they knew their bodies better. They today, you know, it's just a hodgepodge people are taking pills they're trying to prevent this stuff and you know and the whole argument is well it's my body my right to have a child or not to have a child if i want to have sex without children i will choose to do that but what people fail to realize is that children are not the only consequence to sex outside of god's design Mm -hmm. there's a lot more emotional and uh, other consequences that come into play that um, are there. And so I just, I, I just hear that we need to protect people against pregnancy. And it's just that our world is headed that way because we're not having the right kind of baby. We don't have a baby we want. You know, it's a baby that we don't want this kind. We want this kind. Now they're trying to genetically engineer babies. Yeah. And so... Um, and, and I won't get into this too deeply. It's probably a topic for another a program. But, but there's also a consequence, not only to the individual, um, you know, that you were talking about and, and, and to the family, and, but there's also a consequence to the nation, right? And, and one of those consequences is when people choose not to have children, our, our population... <laughs> does not reproduce. And there are consequences to that. Um, Mark Stein, whether you, uh, you know, I'm not going to get political here, but uh, Mark Stein, who used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh and on other places, he's a commentator and an author, and he wrote a book about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, called America Alone. And the consequences to our culture and our nation and our way of life and our democracy and all of that, the consequences of the birth rate declining to a point where we don't repopulate ourselves with our native peoples, right? And that's happened all over Western Europe. It's happened in other places. And the consequences, both culturally and economically and religiously and all of these things are are pretty dire. It's a very interesting book. And the title of the book is America Alone because at that time, America was the only major Western country that was had a birth rate that would keep up its its native population to a point where it could still be self-reliant and and self-governing and all of that so it's a lot like you said i don't want to it's a complicated book but it's a very interesting uh, concept about what the consequences can be as a a nation and as a culture if we don't reproduce well listen if i mean prior to the pill being invented 
it would have been almost impossible for uh, any other culture to believe they could really protect themselves against pregnancy. Everybody saw that as a as a outcome. Now that's not saying. Listen, the Romans abandoned their children. They you know they aborted their children. Right. They did stuff like that too. Um, but when you think about how the pill changed everything, really, basically the pill facilitated immoral sexual activity, whether adultery, fornication, whatever you want to call it. It just took it to a whole new level. Mm. And really, uh, when you think about where we are now, it's not even a thought anymore. I mean, it's just like it, it's it's gotten us to the point where we don't see children as the valuable right. thing God wanted I us just to was view them at. Right. They don't, don't see them as a blessing. No. We see them as an inconvenience. Right. We see them as, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a moment of a blessing if once you, if you're married and all that, but when you're single, when you're out there and more and more people are single into their twenties, into their thirties. And, and even now, like I was stunned that this young couple didn't want to have a baby because it's not convenient for them. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's just, it's sad. It really is sad. It's, it's where we are. And, and, uh, you know, Moeller, like he said, sometimes, the moral crisis of our country and even our time just comes down to a few words. And in this one, it's, listen, we just want to, we want to protect against pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a good summary of, 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 of what's going on. And, uh, and I think, I think when people are young and, and, and to your point, the values are for career, money, things, you know, and self-satisfaction. Exactly. Not, not thinking about, you know what a blessing kids are yeah so. anyway we are we are coming up on our first break of the day here on SWAT radio give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question and we are going to be back after the break to dive back into acts chapter 28 verses 17 through 31 come on back after the break If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Conservative Theological University now offers a bachelor's degree in ministry leadership. This is a 48-hour certified degree program designed for pastors. Ministry workers over 50 years of age with over five years of ministry service call 1-800-GO-BIBLE. Please leave your name and contact info to schedule your personal interview. The CTU campus is located at 12021 Old St. Augustine Road, one mile south of I-295. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 
Some fun and games can actually build brains and relationships. Trace Embry of Shepherds Hill Academy explains next Unlicensed to Parent. When was the last time your family engaged in a good old-fashioned board game? Games like Monopoly, Clue, Risk, and Life are not only games that require and build problem-solving skills, they can actually give our kids some real-life lessons that can be discussed as a family during or after the game. Board games also give mom, dad, and the kids a chance to engage one another all at the same time, and in a way that most video games too often can't. You don't have to wait for the power to go out to dust off those old Parker Brothers or Milton Bradley specials. But if that's what it takes, have candles ready and prepare for a time of bonding and connection foreign to too many families today. It will be a time your family won't soon forget. Hear past programs and find free parenting resources at our website, LicensedToParent.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Arlington at 91.7. sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touch down in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shot welcome back to SWAT radio everyone david gray and doug mccary glad that you're with us here on wednesday may 17th uh, the wednesday may 17th edition of the SWAT radio program and we are as mentioned in our opening in the last chapter of Acts, verses 17 uh, through 31. And I uh, just wanted to mention, you know, we mentioned that we're, we're finishing up the study on Acts. The uh, the weekly SWAT Bible studies are, are in now in our, yeah, our I summer I heard break. that some people showed up today, but we weren't meeting today. So <laughs> they didn't read their emails, apparently. Well, uh, we are, for for those of you who attend SWAT studies, uh, we, uh, we are on our summer uh, break. break if you will we'll we'll have our summer training day on august 5th so make sure you're checking your email and get signed up via eventbrite for that um doug i know you need to know you know what guys guys are there coming and what they want to eat and what activity they're going to participate in that day yeah and, some of the activities are limited so yeah. you want to sign up especially early. the skydiving right big rush on no the there's plenty there's plenty of skydiving <laughs> but there are some like sailing and fishing, those are some limited spots, and so those go pretty quick. So, yeah. well, I I also just wanted to mention as we come to the end of Acts, and 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 it has been for me personally, and I know for so many guys that I've talked to in the SWAT studies, it's been such a powerful study. We're looking forward to maybe getting together this summer and seeing the movie about the life of Paul yeah. that came out about five years ago that that Jim Caviezel is in playing Luke and. We saw a little clip of that last week that Doug showed. and But anyway, I wanted to encourage you if you, you know, all of the programs, all of the past uh, broadcasts on the Book of Acts and on uh, lots of other studies that, that Doug has done are available at SWATradio.com. You can go and, and look back at any uh, program via podcast that our, our friend James Grimm uh, maintains and takes care of for us on the website. But, uh, you know, I was thinking that if you ever – if you were discipling someone or you had a small group or just a, a couple of people that wanted to meet, that's a great resource to go back, say on the book of Acts. And, and you've taught on so many other uh, books of the Bible, Doug, but to go back and, and just use the podcasts of the studies and your teaching, 
uh, as a basis uh, for the studies and to, to listen and to be able to, you know, uh, maybe give some, give folks in your group uh, the, the, the homework, if you will, of listening to the podcast and then come together and, and discuss it and maybe use the questions that we use on Friday. What jumped out at you about the text? You know, what, what, uh, what does the text teach us about God and about people and how can we live differently because of uh, the teaching in God's word? But, but take advantage of that uh, resource at SWATradio.com of past programs. It is, it is wonderful teaching and just want to remind folks that are listening that that uh, resource is available. So, yeah, thanks, Dave, for, for that. Well, you know, we are in Acts 28, finishing up. We looked at Monday. Really, we're talking about how Paul was faithful to the end, all the way to the end. And, you know, Luke, we said this uh, on Monday when we were together, that um, Luke doesn't really end Acts because the whole idea is it continues on with us, right? That the, the whole thing is that what started with Jesus when he came and God in the flesh, empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to bring hope to a hopeless world, was then transferred to the disciples, the apostles, Paul being one of the apostles, who then transferred that to their disciples and elders and deacons to lead the church, continuing that process on to even us today. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't end. That's why it it looks like Luke didn't close it off. Right, right. He didn't even tell about Paul dying. Well, when you talk about that, it gives it it gives you a new way to think about the way Luke starts the book of Acts, which is Theophilus in my previous book. Basically, I I I recorded all that Jesus began to do and teach. Uh-huh. Right, began. So to your point, it continues here, and it continues to this day. Yes. And it gives us a new perspective, perhaps, on that we are truly the living temple mm-hmm. and we are the body of Christ, right? Yeah. That we are doing his work. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's Jesus through the Holy Spirit and through his church that continues to, uh, to do his work. And so it, it, thinking about what you just said gives, on Acts gives us new perspective on terms like the body of Christ we're a living temple, living stones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good. Well, you know, I think of what Peter wrote about us being living stones. You know, the the living stones. Like when you were over there, you saw the stones that were stacked, and there's meaning behind that. Those yeah. are stones of remembrance. Yeah, our lives should point people to something significant. Yeah, yep, yep. and uh, and so. Uh, just to give a quick recap, you know, in chapters one through seven of Acts, we saw how the gospel spread by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. In chapters eight through 11, we saw it go into all Judea and Samaria. And then 12 through now 28, we see God take Paul over 10,000 miles to finally get it to the ends of the earth as far as they were concerned, right? And so, this week, uh, we're, we're looking at uh, verses 17 through 31, and and it's the second part of a two-part series on being faithful to the end. And we saw last week, Paul was faithful in his life of service, his love for his sheep, and loyalty to the Savior. Well, this week, we see Paul faithful, living a life of faithful integrity. 
David, how many trials? He had six trials. Hmm. In every trial, the only thing they could find to convict him of, of his love was his love for Jesus. Yeah. There was no insurrection. Right. There was nothing else they could bring against him. And so Paul had a life of integrity. He had a life of godly character. And he says that over and over. God says in his word, because he wants he wants the listeners to know, the readers of this letter to know that the gospel is not about political revolution. The gospel is about a spiritual revolution mm-hmm. inside of us. He did not come to set them free from Rome. He came to set them free from sin, right? Sin, free from the penalty of sin. And so we see in Paul, he, he says, I, and we talked about this in verse 20. He says, I'm in chains because of the hope of Israel. And that hope was that it was the hope quoted in Isaiah 26 when he says, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. And Daniel 12, too, when it says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame. So Paul's just saying, I'm preaching true Judaism here. Mm-hmm. You guys... Are, are, are missing it, but I'm being faithful. And that's what he says. I've been faithful to the scriptures, the prophecies, they point to Jesus, the law. It reveals our sin and need for Jesus, the temple. It reveals our need for sacrifice, the need for a high priest. It's a shadow of Christ. And then the promises of God. We talked about that on Monday. And then yesterday, me and Ronnie really dove into his faithful evangelism, this godly compassion he had and, you know, I was struck, David, when I was reading about Moses, I think about the godly compassion Moses had when Miriam and Aaron complained right. against him. Right. Who was it who interceded yeah, to God? for Moses. Yeah. When the people of Israel rose up in chapter 14 of Numbers and said, who made you king? Why do you think you're better? Who prayed for them when God brought a plague on them? Yeah. It was Moses. Right. And so... Moses was a a example of somebody who faithfully is compassionate toward those that may even be persecuting. And you see that in Paul. Sure. The first thing he does when he gets to Rome is what? Go, he gets the Roman, I mean, the Jewish brothers to come in there. These are not Christian brothers. They're Jewish brothers. And his heart and soul was to see them come to Christ. So we looked at that yesterday. Well, today we're going to finish this chapter and really kind of at least close out acts 28 with this third area of his faithfulness in a life of faithful boldness. Paul was a man who had a godly conviction and boy, this is something we really need in our, our church today. Godly conviction you know, I, I was watching a secular program yesterday on the TV, a news program that talked about the need for men. A senator, Josh Hawley from, mm-hmm. from Missouri, stood up and said, we need men. We don't have men who will be men. In the scriptures, it says, act like men. Paul writes that. For a reason. Mm. The Holy Spirit, through Paul's pen, wrote, act like men. And we are not acting like men. 
we are not acting like men in the sense of our boldness, our conviction. And Paul was a man who did that. So uh, I know we're about to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to have you read verses 25 through 31. And we are going to look at, at Paul's conviction, what he says to these Jewish brothers after they listen. Some, we said, believed yesterday, but some rejected. And how did Paul, oh, man, you guys ought to believe, you know, what can I do to make you believe? That's not what he says to him. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what he says when yep. we come back. Yep. We are going to take our break here at the bottom of the hour for the news on SWAT radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question in the third or fourth segments, and we'll be happy to take your call. Uh, we appreciate you being with us, and we will be right back on SWAT radio. Now, the day Stand on in the, the word Senate with Tony this is Perkins. SRN News. Our word for today comes from Jeremiah 11, verses 9 and 10. And the Lord said to me, A conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. A conspiracy? What was that conspiracy? Well, we look in verse 10 to find out. They have turned back to their iniquities, the iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Well, let's first define what's a conspiracy. It's an intentional, willful act of evil, of sin. They had repented. They turned back. But then after taking a pledge to uphold the covenant, they willfully, with intent, started doing exactly what their fathers had done, refusing to listen to God, refusing to follow God, trading the truth for a lie. And folks, that's the same conspiracy we see today, trading the truth for a lie. There's major delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound between 8th Street and the downtown exits, now blocking two right lanes. Also, there's an accident on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at Monument Road. And there's another crash on the East Beltway, 295 northbound at the ramp from Butler Boulevard. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 68. Thursday, mostly sunny, high 83. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary. And uh, we are looking at Acts chapter 28, verses 17 through 31. But today, focusing on those last six or so verses, verses 25 through 31, as we look at Paul's uh, life of faithful boldness uh, here, as as evidenced by these final verses of, of the book of Acts, really as evidenced by the entire book, or most of it, yeah. after his conversion, but, but certainly... Uh, in these last few verses. Well, here's the thing. Paul was a man of godly conviction. Remember uh, when he wrote to uh, Timothy and, and 2 Timothy 1, he says, listen, God gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You know, not of fear, Timothy. 
we are to be bold. Do you know in Revelation it says cowards will not be in heaven? Mm, mm. And, you know, when you shrink back, it means you don't have faith. Mm -hmm. Paul never shrunk back. And people go, well, that's not realistic. No. Paul did not shrink back, not because of his own agenda or his own ability. It was because he depended. He says, when I'm weak, he's strong. Right. And he recognized that. Listen, over in 1 Corinthians 16, he says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, mm. be strong. And he, let's and let's be clear. Sorry to interrupt you. Let's be clear. Feeling nervous or feeling um, unsure of yourself or feeling weak, like Paul said, does not make you a coward. No. Right? No. It's, it's, Listen, it's, being it's, afraid doesn't it's, make you a exactly. coward. It's, it's, it's acting on your conviction and being bold despite feeling those things, right? Yeah. That's what courage is. That's what yeah. courageousness is. It's yeah. not, we all have those feelings. Well, people think that, that the, the fear, it, it's when the fear paralyzes you from doing what God's called you to do, that it's a problem, right? That's when it means to be a coward. Yeah. Listen, you think people, um, I, you, you think Paul, when he was in prison, when when he's asking, hey, pray for boldness for me. Yeah, uh, is there? He's asking for prayer. Uh, so we we've got to look at guys like Paul or David. Remember when David went down? This little teenage boy goes down, and and he goes, "Why are you guys afraid?" He's not saying, you know, we've got the ability. He said, "Our God." Our God has yeah. the ability to take down this giant. Yeah, and and He saw when we look to our own abilities, we should be afraid. Well, right? one of the great verses in the Bible, and one of the great pictures in the Bible, and we got to be there when we were in Israel in Gethsemane. You know, Jesus wasn't sweating, and his sweat wasn't hitting the ground like drops of blood because he yeah. didn't have a care in the world. Right? Yeah, he felt all the human emotions, and it says. And he asked the father to take the cup from him, if possible, but not my will, yours. And it uh -huh. says he prayed through to obedience. Mm -hmm. The son of God, who was never disobedient, prayed through to obedience. <laughs> yes. I love that verse. And, and it's convicting to me because so often I don't pray through. I, I just kind of give in or give up or not all the time, but I'm hopefully I'm getting better at that. But but I love that verse that Jesus, if Jesus had to pray through to obedience and be dependent, and it says angels came and strengthened him and attended him, just like the Spirit will strengthen us, yeah. Um, then we certainly need can't make it on our own and need to, to, to pray for strength. I, I've always joked, I say this kind of joking, but it's also true. Yeah. Part of the reason in my life that I haven't always prayed for strength is because I don't want the help. Yeah. Because I know if I want to do what I want to do, and if I pray for God to help me, then he will. <laughs> and then yeah. I don't get to do what I want to do. So, um, you know, there's that element of it, too. But uh, if Jesus had to pray through to obedience, I know I certainly have to. Well, we, you know, we we need to be reminded by our brothers. And that's one reason you're not a Lone Ranger, too, is, hey, I've struggled with that as well, and we need to pray for each other. That's why Paul asked people to pray for boldness. You know, when he wrote Ephesians um, 6, 
He says, listen, and also for me, he says, pray for me mm. in Ephesians six nineteen that words may given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador and change that I may declare it boldly. So when Paul, who's probably the greatest like influence of the New Testament church other than Jesus himself, right? Right, right. Is asking for boldness. We certainly need to be asking yeah. God for boldness. Yeah. But all that to say, he's a man of conviction. And so read verses 25 through 31, David. And, sure. And we're going to finish this up. Acts 28, 25 to 31. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their heart, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, they will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Amen. Yeah, amen. This is the <laughs> words of the living God. And Paul quotes Isaiah here in verses uh, 25 through 27. I mean, he, he quotes Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. David, this is the fourth time in Scripture that Isaiah is quoted, this passage. It's quoted by Jesus in Matthew 13. It's quoted by John in John 12 and, and quoted by Paul here. And you know what it's talking about? He's talking about judicial blindness. This is something that's very hard for us to grasp, almost like the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. We can't grasp that very well. It's beyond our ability to comprehend. But judicial blindness is, he's saying, you chose not to see, so now you can't see. Willful unbelief turns into sovereign unbelief. In other words, you and I don't know whose names have been written in the book of life and whose names haven't been written in the book of life, right? So when we're out there proclaiming the gospel, when people continually reject and reject and reject, when they've got all the information, at some point God may confirm, okay, these are not my sheep. Yeah, And that's hard for us because we go, yeah, but that doesn't seem fair. I mean, like, uh, but it's not fair fair would be we all are wiped out yeah and so this this passage in isaiah is saying the same thing sometimes preaching is to bring hope other times it's to bring condemnation right now we don't even like to think about that but that's the reality is it romans one where paul writes about god giving people over to their sin isn't that what we're talking about here? yes yeah yeah and, and so listen our nation is broken spiritually right would you agree with that Yes. Our cities are broken. Our families are broken. Our marriages are broken. We are all broken people. And what if those who continually reject Jesus out there, what if they're wrong? That there is an infinite, absolute God named Yahweh. Maybe 
maybe, just maybe, we should go back and see what this infinite God says in his word. And that's, Paul is saying, listen, you've rejected so much, now God has rejected you. He's made it clear Mm. that you are not. But it doesn't relieve these people of the responsibility of their rejection. Right. Because they've been given an opportunity. This salvation, he says in verse 28, of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Are you Jewish, David? I'm not. I'm not either. I have a Jewish name. Yeah, but... But, but I'm not yeah, Jewish. But we're not Jewish. No. Do you realize because of their rejection, we get the benefit mm. of now being part of that family? And Paul talks about this, or actually Luke writes about it in Acts 11. He writes about it in Acts 13. He writes about it in Acts 18. The reason that we're here, you and me, as believers, is because of the rejection of Israel, of Moses' law. Yes, they rejected his law. The prophets, yes, they rejected the prophets. Of Jesus' teaching, of Peter's teaching, and the disciples, of Paul's teaching. And God says, okay, I'm going to take these pagans, these Gentiles, I'm going to build one of the greatest cultures of all time built on godly values by people who aren't part of the original covenant. Do you realize that America is one of the greatest cultures of all time, David? Do, do you, I mean, really, yeah, in the history of the world. And God built us on that, and now we have departed from those godly values. And, you know, what we see is... Right now in our own country, there's a lot of judicial blindness. People continually reject. He says, okay, I'm going to turn you over. Yeah. You want you want to mar- men marry men, women marry men, w- women? You want to be uh, uh, transgender and reject me? These are signs, according to Romans 1, of God's rejection. You've rejected him so much? Okay, I'm going to turn you yeah, over. Yeah, it's an open rebellion against God as opposed to, you know, people just being disobedient or, or not believing in their own lives. It's not just that. It's an open rebellion and, yeah. and, and calling what God says wrong, right? Yeah. We're going to take our, our final break of the day here on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928. Glad you're with us, and we will be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. 
Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. Some fun and games can actually build brains and relationships. Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy explains next Unlicensed to Parent. When was the last time your family engaged in a good old-fashioned board game? Games like Monopoly, Clue, Risk, and Life are not only games that require and build problem-solving skills, they can actually give our kids some real-life lessons that can be discussed as a family during or after the game. Board games also give mom, dad, and the kids a chance to engage one another all at the same time, and in a way that most video games too often can't. You don't have to wait for the power to go out to dust off those old Parker Brothers or Milton Bradley specials. But if that's what it takes, have candles ready and prepare for a time of bonding and connection foreign to too many families today. It will be a time your family won't soon forget. Hear past programs and find free parenting resources at our website, licensedaparent.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Mandarin at 91.7. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is David Gray along with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and we are in our last segment of the day and in our last verses, looking at the last verses of the book of Acts, uh, verses 25 to 31 in chapter 28. want to uh, just give you a little uh, upcoming uh, a preview of upcoming events. Uh, Doug will be gone tomorrow. He's leaving for Pittsburgh, as he mentioned earlier in the program. Brad will be back tomorrow, and he will have... Uh, Trey Brunson as a guest, so we encourage you to listen to Brad tomorrow with his guest, Trey Brunson, and then Brad and I will be here on Friday uh, doing kind of our final Friday look at the Book of Acts, and uh, that'll be uh, Doug. Except I I was thinking um, I'm going to do a a big review okay. next week. Okay, Canada, good. I was going to say go you back. should be here. You should be here for the last program. Yeah, on Acts, so, so I'll I'll do the big <laughs> review next week, uh, just to kind of close it all off because it has been a great journey for me. I don't know about you, but it's been really good. Yeah, it really has. No, it, I think it has been for everybody. I think uh, I won't mention his name, but a good friend of mine and also a SWAT brother uh, was 
definitely convicted by us by not only the whole study but our last meeting a couple of weeks ago and uh or last week i guess it was yeah and uh we had a good conversation with a initiated by this particular brother we had a good conversation with a guy we got paired up with on the golf course and he and uh, he said specifically, I've got to be more bold. I'm convicted <laughs> to be more bold. So there well, you go. Well, you know, here, verse 29, I want to go back. To, remember, we were talking about judicial conviction. I mean, the judicial blindness here. Um, in verse 29, uh, which may or may not be in your Bible. Some Bibles have it. No, that's interesting. It's not in mine. You're right. right. But if you look, you should have a footnote, right? Yep. You have a footnote? Yep. It says some manuscripts add verse 29. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed having much dispute hmm. among themselves. All right. If we go to verse 25, what does it say? Yeah. And disagreeing among themselves. It's the same departed. thing, yeah. right? Yep. So, so basically it's the same statement. Great disputing. I'm just going to tell you right now, the gospel divides. Yep, it does not. Un it unites you it with people that love Jesus. It divides you from people that want to pretend they love Jesus or they want to be religious. Right. And sometimes um, there are people out there who want to pretend. In fact, uh, one of the guys we've had on the program was out at a city council meeting in Texas. And the whole thing was over flying the the gay pride flag over City Hall. And so they brought in people from the community. He went and represented Denton Bible Church. And he got up and he shared, and he just shared about the history of our country. He talked about what our founding fathers, their values, and this and how this is would be offensive to them to do this. Because we believe in the God of the Bible, we believe in the values of the God of the Bible. And he would never affirm sinful behavior. Mm -hmm. He never did. Right. And that's the, the argument that I have for people who want to try to justify and say, well, God's okay with my behavior yeah. because Jesus never and never affirmed sin in the Bible. Right. Right. And so he's talking about that. Well, the person got up after him and started talking about their God and their God is a God of love and their yeah. God would never judge anybody. Yeah. And he interrupted and asked, well, has your God ever disagreed with you about anything? <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a, a great question. Great, great way to frame it. Yes. Because the truth is yeah. people in our culture have created their own version of God and you can't do that. He, you don't have him. He has you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's so hard for people, David, in our culture today because of the cancel culture and everything else. People are afraid to speak out yeah. with those kind of questions, yeah. those kind of things. And I just found that interesting. But the gospel divides. You are going to see a clear dividing line yeah. if you start following Jesus you start living for Jesus and you start living boldly, you better put your seatbelt on. Yeah, it's funny that you said that. I had a friend years ago, and I've always regretted this answer that I gave him. And I and I have presented the gospel in full to him since then. But he said to me once, 
don't you think God has a sense of humor? Mm-hmm. Now, now, what he really meant, he didn't mean, does God laugh? Does God think things are funny? That's not what he meant. What he meant was, don't you think God winks at sin? And don't you think that God kind of has this boys will be boys type attitude? That's what he really meant. And I didn't, it didn't, I didn't think quick enough about what he meant. And I, I said, I reacted with, yeah, God has a sense of humor. We're created in his image. We have humor. You know, he, he, Jesus must've been playful and laughed at certain things. You know, he did, but that's not really what he meant. And I realized that a while after. And like I said, I've since been able to tell him the gospel, the real picture of the gospel, but that was his question. And I realized that's what a lot of people think. I think that's getting at what you're talking about with your, with your friend from Denton Bible church. It's, it's really about people saying, well, my God, they, they invent a God that to your point or to his point agrees with them or allows. They never confront them on anything. Right. right. And the whole idea is how many times did Jesus confront the disciples? How many times did God confront his people? And so here's the thing. It says in verse 30, Paul lived there for two years with great freedom. And what was that freedom for? For It was for the, the gospel, right? Verse 31 says he proclaimed the kingdom of God. We talked about that at length yesterday, what the kingdom of God was. It was all the Old Testament, starting with Abraham and David and all those prophecies fulfilled, right? Teaching with boldness and without hindrance. And, you know, we got some great letters out of that time. We got Ephesians, Jesus is our unity. We got Philippians, Jesus is our joy. We got Colossians, Jesus is our completeness. We got Philemon. I talked about that yesterday. Paul led Onesimus to Christ while he was there in Rome. And we got a book out of it, right? Mm -hmm. We got a letter, a New Testament letter. And, And basically the whole thrust of that book is when you come to Christ, the whole social hierarchy changes. And that's what he was talking about with that letter. But at the end of Philippians, we saw, and I mentioned this yesterday, all the saints greet you, especially of those of Caesar's household. Paul led people in Caesar's household to Christ. Mm. This man was bold. And he wrote um, during his second imprisonment, what happens, just to kind of close it up a little bit, he, he was released Nobody ever showed up to really bring charges against him. So he was released. And then when Nero started the big wipe out persecution with Peter and him, he brought him back and he killed him. And it was during that second imprisonment, he wrote first and second Timothy and Titus, uh, how the church functions under deacons and elders. Mm -hmm. He left uh, uh, Timothy to head up the church in Ephesus. He left uh, Titus to head up the church in Crete. And the, the thing that, if you can remember nothing else about Paul and his boldness, where did he evangelize David? Everywhere. Yep. Right. He didn't limit it. Right. Right. Where to who did he evangelize? Whoever was in front of him. Yes. (laughs) Right. And what did he share? He did not start with a ethnocentrist. I mean, a the ego focused gospel presentation. He never, talked about he started with god Mm. he always started he preached the whole counsel of god he says in acts 20 27 he preached the kingdom of god so as we think about who paul is what he did and finishing our time when's the last time i shared my testimony 
When is the last time I shared the gospel? What keeps me from sharing? Like, what will I ask God to change in me to make me more bold? Mm. Um, what causes me to shrink back from being firm in my convictions about God? Is there anything I need to repent of? Don't let another day go by without confessing, God, I have not been the witness you need me to be. Help me to be more bold today. Yeah. Today. Yep. There shouldn't be a day go by that you're not thinking of and praying about somebody yeah. to share with. And I think that included in that, right, is help me to care. Help yeah. me to care about other people and their souls because too often I find myself I don't care enough. I don't really think about it enough. Yeah. And at the very least, you can pray every day for somebody. Right. To That's know. right. Amen. Well, thanks, Doug. We're at the end of our program today. Uh, Brad will be here tomorrow with, with Trey, Trey Brunson. Trey Brunson and Brad and I will be with you on Friday.